four out of ten children in parts of Barrow are born into poverty. That's not good enough, is it? Well, it's appalling. And of course, but everybody, and it's not just people in Westminster, it's not just at a national level, it's at a local level. Through the it's investment. the government, and you've had nearly 10 years. Well, it's not the government, though, is it? I mean, ev everybody just says it's the government, as if it's this sort of like bland blob that, you know, you can just go and blame. So the government's it's, not responsible it's for poverty? Actually, it's, well, it's, it's not, because it's all parts of society and the structures. Local authorities have a role to play, education, public services, which which are locally led and locally run. As Home Secretary, at this defining moment in our country's history, I have a particular responsibility when it comes to taking back control. It is to end the free movement of people once and for all. The Conservative Party takes its rightful place as the party of law and order in Britain once again. We stand with the brave men and women of our police and security services. And we stand against the criminals, the gangs, the drug barons, the thugs, the terrorists who seek to do us harm. Hi everybody, um, today we, as you heard, we are talking about a very, uh, very interesting woman. She's... The second funniest I mean, figure in British politics. The second, yeah, I mean the first, look, we love, we love Bojo, we do, he, we think he is a very funny Prime Minister, I mean, it's, it's amazing that there, I think every, like, there hasn't been a period in British, like, at least electoral politics where... There hasn't been one figure that was in power that everyone was kind of like, oh, yeah, he sucks and just would keep winning elections. Well, Thatcher. Like the only no, but like the all the my British friends and my British family that I talk to have only bad things to say about him. And that's just not the sort of inherent liberal left wing bias in my family. I mean, I I know people who are, you know, self-describe as moderates who still are like, yeah. Bojo sucks, mm. but you know, labor and they, and these centrists accurately place that labor sucks mm. and that the, the Lib Dems never do anything, which it is nice to see. Yeah. I think at least in terms of messaging, it's nice to see an actual conservatives versus like a ostensibly working class party instead of, you know, the other way around, like we have it here. Mm. But you know, it, it's amazing that Boris Johnson everyone just thinks of him as this ridiculous like little troll man and he just keeps winning well i think he's the guy that's there he i'm paraphrasing here but i believe at one point he himself said if you are the butt of everybody's jokes nobody will realize what a threat you are <laughs> 
And, like, it kind of puts it into perspective when I just adore the man for how funny he is. Beautiful blue. Blue. Possible. I I like to paint buses. (laughs) On milk carton. (laughs) On milk carton. What a legend. Anyway, so we are not talking about... Well, we are peripherally talking about Prime Minister it, Johnson. It, it's, it's tangentially related to the, the amazing woman that we are talking about yeah. today. But, so um, before we... Well, think... you're going to know who it is, but before we start talking about her, we need to give you a little bit of context. So right now, in the UK, the Tory party is kind of mad at itself. There's some infighting in the ruling Conservative Party. Um, so former advisor to Prime Minister Johnson, this guy named Dominic Cummings, who is a total plonker, who still has a blog in the year 2021. Advisor, advisor Cummings and Prime Minister Johnson. British politics fucking rocks, man. We don't get anything like that. I bet I could count on one hand the amount of our listeners who laughed at that one, my friend. Yeah, I mean, they can't all be hits. Yeah, true enough. But you gotta try, right? Like you know, you miss a hundred percent of the the jokes you don't make. Um, exactly. So, yeah, this total like dweeb. Okay, the one man in the world who looks more dweebish than Stephen Del Duca, uh, still has a blog in twenty twenty one. Has a. Pa- I wonder if it's. I wonder. Okay, I wonder if it's based on like a Tumblr blog. I wonder if he made it on Tumblr. Hmm. Can you like? Can you imagine like an advisor to the British Prime Minister having a Tumblr blog? And then, like, it, the URL of it gets out and people start, like, writing call-out posts for him and shit. Hold on. Because he, like, shipped the wrong Steven Universe character. No, it's on DominicCummings.com. Oh, hell yeah, dude. So it's, like, hosted by himself. That's really disappointing. I wish... I think I could pitch the idea of a Tumblr blog to Dominic Cummings. Yeah. I, I, would, um, I would run it for him. I would ensure that... Because, um, like... I haven't been on Tumblr since like 2014, since they did the thing that made everyone leave that I won't say on air. Um, Jesus Christ! But <laughs> they, uh, you know, it's kind of difficult to think of the kind of person that's still on Tumblr. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I like, it's just baffling. Like, yeah, who is on Tumblr I would love nowadays? To, I would love to see Dominic Cummings go up against whatever like people that maybe migrated to twitter and then got banned and moved back yeah like having to see dominic cummings interact with that kind of person just an absolutely like rabid cartoon fan who's like 25 years old really i would i think you know we could we could definitely see like the first marvel stan british mp that way just by running like a sort of opposition campaign that would be pretty funny um i think look i i think i could be campaign manager on that might be might be but yeah, so um, so uh, reportedly, reportedly it's him. He's denied it on his blog, but reportedly he has leaked to the press some text messages, alleged text messages between Boris Johnson and some business tycoon, um, uh, Sir Dyson. I don't know. Um, that Boris Johnson said, quote unquote, he would rather let bodies pile high then enter into a second lockdown. Of course, the UK did enter into a second lockdown. Um, Number 10 has denied that Johnson said that. Their allegation, right? Uh, He also claimed that Johnson had a, quote-unquote, possibly illegal plan for donors to pay for renovations to Number 10 Downing Street. Prime Minister's official So what? 
so what you don't think that the prime minister deserves to live with dignity and that he shouldn't be allowed to ask his friends to help how dare it, you how dare you sir it kind of reminds me of one of the big hot button issues early into the trudeau regime um when he ended up putting a bunch of money together to renovate the official residence 24 sussex and people were like so mad at him like you're spending all this money to renovate your house it's taxpayer money it's his house for what like 10 years sorry <laughs> it's his house for what like 10 years like well but the thing is right is that if he had let it fall apart i mean it isn't a terrible state they're like window air conditioning units and like two-thirds of the windows and shit's falling down that rocks that that yeah. rocks. i'm sorry and if he had let it go to waste and, and not spent the money and the house had started falling down people were like this is a symbol of our country why are you letting it fall down and yeah. stuff like that i, don't, I think it was a lose-lose situation anyways i think that if boris johnson wants to get his rich friends to uh or our tory party donors to pay for renovations to number 10 instead of doing it with taxpayer money good for him honestly like that's a good thing um so uh his his tweet on this when asked about whether he thinks uh cummings leaked it was i don't give a monkeys yeah. to be frank about who is briefing what to who I mean, he just, like, I, I, my favorite thing is when politicians get upset. Like, I think it's just incredibly funny. Because, like, obviously they can't, like, unless it's, like, Richard Nixon where you, they kind of build their personality out of yeah. it. You can't really, like, have that just be, like, a small part of you. So you either have to go whole hug or, yeah, you have to be like, I don't give a monkeys. <laughs> um, just get really, like uptight and really like like snippy with people and i think that's really funny See, like the most powerful the most powerful person in a country yeah not being able to say the word fuck like that's so it's funny. so cool not even being able to say like, the word they, ass like you didn't even say i don't give what a monkey's ass arrested you say i don't give a monkeys um in any case in the aftermath of this allegedly six tories six major tories have put together teams to prepare in case boris johnson resigns so that they can run for leadership of the party um, of course, this could be just them pushing for a leadership contest. The things that pundits and political analysts and betters love the most are leadership contests. And so if you want a leadership contest, all you have to do is start saying there is probably going to be a leadership contest and then a leadership contest will happen. Or if you're a politician, and you want a leadership contest, you say to the media, like, don't say my name, but I think there's going to be a leadership contest. And everyone starts talking about how unstable uh, the government is, and then there ends up being a leadership contest, right? So one of these top contenders, although we don't know who the six are, uh, is UK Home Secretary, the legend herself, Ms. Priti Patel, who is quite possibly, yeah, who is probably the second funniest figure in British politics. She's so cool. I mean, look, we love her, don't we, folks? Yeah. Um, she's kind of like, I mean leftists love to and you know not incorrectly make this caricature of kamala harris as sort of like a, a traitor like a oh look at her like she's girl boss but she's this like absolute demon who like you know incarcerated people during her time as attorney general like they're not wrong in saying that but i think there's this sort of exaggeration of the amount of harm that kamala harris has done in, in the grand scheme of things 
She's pretty bad. Like, I'm not. I, yeah, I'm not trying to downplay her record or anything, but I, I'm saying <laughs> Did like you see that? people were people were calling her. I'm sorry, people were calling her a war criminal. She hasn't done any war. <laughs> before, well, she hasn't done any before war she was yet. inaugurated. No, sadly. Yeah. Um, I think it, it would be really breaking the mold for her to do that. Did but, you um, see though? Yeah, she prefers domestic crimes. Did you see that uh, they're giving her children's book to the kids in the cages? See, I saw. I think like the New York Post reported on that, and I. Th- think they redacted it later i don't actually think that that's as widespread as as everyone's like like it's obviously insane and hilarious even true but i i i honestly don't think it's true i think this isn't this isn't me becoming snopes and trying to gaslight you but i just think that it wasn't it was like somewhere between like a photo like a photo op to make the democrats look bad and just like the book was there fair enough but either way, that doesn't take away from the fact that there yeah, are kids in cages there, and she voted Solzhenitsyn. There are, yeah, pretty much two equal sets. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, the, the the children's book market is fucking saturated. Yeah, we need to stop making those and figure out like what, like we need to stop production of that weird blocky like cardstock that they're all printed on until we figure out what's my going favorite on with children's that book is the littlest president. Is that the Hillary Clinton one? No, that's the uh, Brooklyn Dad Defiant one. Oh, <laughs> look, he—we we've talked about it before. He's so—that's the kind of guy that you can't like riff about to anyone that isn't terminally online. Because if you like say like, yeah, Brooklyn Dad, they'll just be like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, I love him. That so is much. how to. That is how to out yourself as a terminally online Twitter user is mention like those weird like micro celebrities like not even like brooklyn dad but like someone like if i say the posadas trap god like you know yeah, who i'm talking about right like he rocks but no one else would know who that is and i don't think that's a bad thing i just think it's amazing that there are these people that we almost form like parasocial relationships with on twitter like mom i made you a new friend mom I, made, I got a new twitter follower today twitter mutual today a real person or a niche internet micro celebrity, a niche internet micro celebrity. But it's and you try to explain like, oh yeah, well, uh, Aaron Thorpe uh, posted this picture of a volcano under this tweet, and it's funny because the last time he talked about volcanoes was under Kristen Cinema voting no on the minimum wa- on the fifteen dollar minimum wage, and it got his old account banned. But if you don't have that context, you just sound like a crazy person. <laughs> Do you think we count yet as niche internet micro celebrities? Um, I mean, I have two hundred five followers. No, what I mean, Twitter, like as in like so Juno that's Beach. like definitely niche. Like I've got six hundred. I mean, I don't know. I think we're we're getting, we're getting there. there. I think we just need to we need to put our heads down. End really of get on that. We will be. We need to get on that billionaire hashtag grind set. Um, and you know we just need to um start selling shirts or whatever yeah. and that's, that's so how, yeah um we'll just back to get the word out. uh like kamala harris she's uh indian diaspora a woman demon uh who uh but unlike kamala she does not lean on her identity politics we will talk about that later it's quite funny she's got a pretty funny quote about uh her her ethnicity um she doesn't even pretend to be seen as progressive again we'll talk about that which is really cool she's one of the most obsequious right-wing authoritarians i'm sorry i'm sorry but we already we already tell a pretty serious line but she's like yeah she didn't even try to be seen as progressive that's cool 
I'm just I'm gonna go through I'm gonna binge listen to every one of our episodes and just find like moments like that and just put them all into like an hour-long compilation of Malcolm being reactionary for an hour what <laughs> what just just to get it out there just to, to get ahead of the curve on the story so it's like yeah here's an updated compilation of True. every single questionable thing that we've ever so said. that when they come after me like socialist and dumb laughed it's exactly even like, easier it was all right and it, yeah if look if sdl had simply published his disc had simply publicized the things that he was saying in discord it wouldn't have been nearly yeah, as much. Yeah, it's of a like Vosh saying things like that he he sexually harassed a girl, and everyone defends him over it. No, he's Vosh says the end. I don't want to talk. And people still defend it. I don't want to. I don't want to talk about bread tubers anymore. Let's get back to Preeti. Yeah, all right, <laughs> Preeti, my love. Um, but she's like she doesn't. Yeah, even she doesn't make any attempts to be seen as progressive. Like she's she's a Tory. Like she's not through and through. She's not trying to you know, sort of play both sides with the identity politics in the Tory party. She's just doing her work as a, a lower imp in that, mm-hmm. in that organization. In fact, there was even an incident early on in the conservative party. Um, when somebody had, she said that she was, you know, still faced some problems because of her race and her gender. And some people tried to, some, some journos tried to insinuate that she wasn't getting picked for high positions because of it. And she came after them. She's like, no, it has nothing to do with that. No, so she's so actually cool. she actually like deliberately downplays it. And again, really funny quote about that. We'll get to it later. So what so what you're saying is that all the the weird Twitter MLs should love her because she doesn't do identity politics. Exactly. Well, she doesn't do identity politics. She just does uh, reactionary authoritarianism. So Marxist Leninists should absolutely yeah. adore her. She's just like Stalin. Hey, Stalin was from the Middle East technically, or I guess close to it. Yeah, uh, close enough. South Caucasus. Yeah. Anyways. And hey, Stalin was part of a persecuted sexual minority. Pedophile. Hot people? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my god. That's the... <laughs> oh my god. So, right. let's, um... <laughs> Let's make another comparison so, here to another American how, politician how, who we all know and love. Oh, yeah. The former we, queen look, of Juno Beach podcast. The, she was, look, Tulsi Gabbard was the first woman we ever canceled. Yeah. And that's uh, that's us doing our part to combat misogyny. We only cancel guys for the most part. Mm-hmm. Unless they sign some really weird turf bills, yeah. and, which uh, Tulsi, in fact, co-sponsored. So uh, we, hate, we hated to see her go, but... Um, She's very much like Tulsi Gabbard in that they are both defenders of Modi, you know the the, the leader of India who is a fascist is currently, who is currently holding the entire population hostage by saying if you elect our party we will get you vaccines, <laughs> like like fucking demon. Yeah. But um. Also. Yeah, and and it's also yeah everyone that really like hate like because there are obviously people and we don't like her just hate her no we like obviously tori bad she's she's and she's on the but, bad end of tori yeah right but it's not like we have a visceral hatred of her specifically and so much like tulsi all the people that do have that sort of visceral hatred are either like racist about it or horny about <laughs> it and it's sort of it it they kind of cross over each other in a really weird uncomfortable way yeah like 
during the 2015 election campaign, um, her rival for her, her seat for the Labour Party, John Clark, referred to her as, quote, a sexy Bond villain and a, quote, village idiot on social media. He was later forced to apologize and promptly ate shit in the election. Yeah, she beat him by, like, 5,000 votes or something. And several times, yeah, like, liberal journalists have been caught being incredibly racist, like, when caricature. Yeah, so there's this one caricature of her, her. so she's Hindu, and there's this one caricature of her that made her, like, fat and gave her a nose ring to make her look like a cow. Uh, yeah, like that's, I don't know. That's not even funny. It's not even funny. It's like, oh, here's the thing that they love. It's like it's, it, it's, she's that. It's literally that ugly. that caricature of the thirteen year old white kid. Haha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a good sense of humor. Racism. Yeah. Um. But it, it's just it's it's hard to hold. Like I don't really like as much as I call people vampires and demons and, you know, um, in private make actionable threats, I don't really hold many, uh, <laughs> I don't really hold much like individual hatred for someone like Doug Ford yeah, or like someone like, you know, like someone just, who's like a figurehead or just like some guy, like I'm not going to get worked up about. Don't hate the oh, player. Yeah, hate the like, game. Exactly. Like I'm not going to get mad at Lecce. I'm just going to be like, oh, well, this is what any other conservative minister of education would have. I done. do viscerally hate Stephen Del Duca. Yeah, well, he's a loser. Is, like, he's yeah, a nerd. it's nothing to do with the Liberal Party. It's like that's just that, that he's a loser. that's my that's my like instinct of I have to shove this guy into a yeah. locker kicking it. That has nothing to do with his policy. Exactly. Exactly. I'm sure his policies um, are great, and he but, corrals all uh, eight members of provincial parliament uh excellently to really produce great ends for for the province yeah really 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 gets the goods yeah, with all Love eight of his mps is <laughs> a, a real bag chaser <laughs> none of them but, including um, him so i think we're gonna we're gonna jump into uh pretty's life because you know you've heard the i'm sorry reading this this was every other like tory mp yeah like yeah hey guess where she was born i want you to guess viewers at home or listeners at home please Five, guess. four three two one she was born in london if you said london you're correct please uh dm us on twitter uh if you made it this far into the episode uh we'll give you a couple juno points mm-hmm. uh that will be um, you can trade your Juno points for a special Juno NFT uh, coming soon. All right. Uh, that's completely. Al- yeah, we're g- actually gonna we're gonna take over like a small like equatorial country like in the Pacific, like a little. Oh, island. like Thatcher's kid. And we're- equatorial Guinea, trying to do a coup there. Right. Well, I think what we're gonna do is we're like it has to have a power grid, obviously, because then we can use the entire power grid to mint our Juno Beach NFTs. Right. But like we're not doing imperialism because we have a red star, so why don't we just try um, and take over um, the Darwin's Islands off the coast of Ecuador? Do, do, do they have a power grid? Probably it's a big tourist hub. Okay. The Galapagos. Okay. I mean, I so goes then to the Galapagos, we'll do, right? Yeah, we'll just do that. Yeah. Hell yeah, yeah. And again, it's not imperialism if we just say we're socialist while doing exactly. It, so hey guys, it's not imperialism. We're just doing a people's government in Poland. <laughs> But, yeah, so she was born in London. She studied economics and British governance and law in university. And while she was in university, unsurprisingly, she became a large fan of Margaret Thatcher, 
That's right. Maggie Thatcher, the milk snatcher. So, quote from Preeti. She had a unique ability to understand what made people tick, households tick, and businesses tick. Managing the economy, balancing the books, and making decisions. Not purchasing things the country couldn't afford. I mean, I'm sure these are all true, but that doesn't make Thatcher good. Right, and it's hilarious because, like, purchasing things the country couldn't afford. What the fuck was the Falklands then? Hey! No, you know what? I'm coming for you. You're I'm, coming for I've, me on this I've one? Allowed, I've, I've let the Falkland Islands war bit go on for way too long unchecked. But just to be clear, the official Juno, or at least my line on the Falklands war, is it was Margaret Thatcher's desperate attempt to get elected. Well, I don't know if it was necessarily her desperate attempt to get elected, but it didn't mean she got reelected. But either way, right. no matter her own personal convictions on the matter, and it's true that often uh, neoliberals like to do wars to win elections, right? And she was like the first neoliberal. Regardless, her her and Reagan, her and Reagan are like the Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan of like the new world. Yeah, order. exactly. Like they were really the first ones to they modernized yeah. it, you know they they brought it into the twenty yeah. first century. But I still think that like regardless of her own convictions, the fact is that you can't just let another country take like take your shit, right? And if it was the Falklands, then next it would have been, I don't know. Regardless of your own opinions on this, Ireland trying to do border conflicts to support the IRA. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> and again, like you may think that's okay. This is this is unrelated, but I just I found out recently that Fenian has been banned in, in official Scrabble games. I know it's so funny. <laughs> Fenian like, and Patty, you can't say Patty anymore. In in the entire like, because the, there was like a mass banning of like you can't use racial slurs <laughs> in um official like ranked Scrabble tournaments no, anymore. No, not which the, the fact but the fact that you could before is hilarious to me. It's like it's like finding out that Oliver's Army by Elvis Costello only had the N-word censored out in 2013. Like the BBC stopped playing the version where he's like one all it takes is one itchy trigger, one what's it's like I don't know. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. And then something and then re- referring to like a white person or like an Irish person as a white <coughs> and so that's just how I you know it's sometimes. just it's one of those things it's one of those things that you find out and you're like why was it like that in the first place sometimes if you're Elvis Costello you just gotta do a little bit of racism you just you just, you just gotta let you just gotta let the ends fly yeah um but it definitely doesn't help that uh you know I'm actually named after him his actual name was Declan McManus. Yeah. So that's uh not great. But anyway, yeah, I just think it's really funny that there's like a guy out there that got was really insistent on having Patty and Feeny and be banned. Oh, it was me. The... <laughs> no, no, I was the one defending it. I was the I was the one in charge of making sure that I failed. I, I tried to make sure they didn't ban Patty and Fenian because I see. I think we should. I think we should ban them so that they keep their meaning and that we can keep insulting Irish people. With exactly. Them. I it's think like that's... you're literally a Fenian. Shut up. <laughs> Anyways, uh, by the way, I will declare that I am more ethnically Irish Catholic than anything else, and so I have the right to use that word. Don't cancel me. This is not an SDL moment. um so uh yeah uh she interned with the tories 
and then she worked for this party as a comms director um, called the Referendum Party, which is a now defunct hard right Eurosceptic party. So she's been a Brexiteer her whole life. One of the good things she has going for her, uh, as well as her impeccable fashion God. sense. Um, actually, her fashion sense literally just uh, looks she... like Norse fire from V for Vendetta. It look it kind of it does rock. It's just she, she makes like, it work. You know how there are like there's this sort of like subgenre of dystopian fiction that's just like Britain as fascist. Yeah, she looks like the government. She dresses like the government in those, and like in like V for Vendetta or Children of Men. Yeah, she looks like she looks like a like you know they burst into the office or whatever, in the, or like during their trial, right? The main characters are being put on some show trial, and that's like the administrator of the yeah. trial. Yeah, so that's that's what she looks like, which is cool because it's a good aesthetic because it's a well developed dystopian. And we live in a dystopia. It's a well-developed yeah. dystopian. Um... I thought we lived in a society. Damn. It really makes you think. Speaking of, less than a month to go until we get Girl Boss Joker Cruella, which will be our next big movie review oh on God. this podcast, which I'm really looking forward to. I look. I. Anyways, moving on. Um. So then she went to work. This is really funny. This is one of my favorite stories about Pretty. She went to work for a PR firm called Weber Shandwick. So according to an investigative article published by newspaper The Guardian in May of 2015, Preeti Patel was one of seven employees of this firm uh, who worked on the, she's by the way a big fan of tobacco, uh, who worked on the British American Tobacco, which is like one of their major clients. And so the team was tasked with helping this company manage their public image during a cancellation essentially because they were using a factory uh, in Myanmar, which was being used as a source of funds for the Myanmar military dictatorship, uh, and their factory members, weren't, workers, weren't, weren't really being paid, and stuff like this. Eventually, they pulled out of Myanmar in 2003. Um, the article goes on to quote uh, employees of British American Tobacco, who have said that a majority of... Uh, employees of this PR firm were, like, incredibly uncomfortable uh, working this job, except for Preeti Patel, who was like, hell yeah, I'll do this. Yeah. I mean... So cool. Look, that's, that's like, that's a real go-getter uh, money mentality right she, there. She, you, look, you, you respect the grind. Don't hate the player, hate the Honestly. game. It's so crazy how that, that quote helps you think in terms of systems. Yeah. Yeah. It, it helps to de-atomize. Or it. it helps you think in terms of that Japanese guy who's on trial for fraud after having getting 35 different girlfriends and telling them all different birthdays so that they'd get him presents. Hell yeah. Dude, <laughs> all I got to say to that is dude's rock. Dude's you can rock. Get 35. Most guys, most guys can't even take Most two. guys can't even get one. At the same time. Most guys can't even get one. Most guys, once they have one and they go for two, they can't make that work. Imagine getting 35 And then they once. get so mad, they try and put you in they jail. Sue, they, is, is that a class action? No, no, it's it's a criminal case. But but picturing a class action lawsuit for a guy that defrauded so many women out of birthday gifts when it wasn't actually his birthday. <laughs> oh, man. So cool. Um. So then she's elected to parliament in 2010. Uh, she runs in 2005, uh, loses to a labor incumbent, and then uh, David Cameron, who was leader of the Tory party, is like, hey, 
here's a promising young woman. Uh, we're gonna put her in the government. And so they did. And they invested in her. They put her in a safe Tory spot. Uh, and she's elected. So let's do a lightning round of her ideology. Okay, okay. Bing, bing, bing. Because this woman is hilarious. So... With regards to Black Lives Matter, in February 2021, she described the Black Lives Matter protests that occurred in the UK in 2020 as, quote, dreadful, and said she did not agree with the gesture of taking the knee, referring to Colin Kaepernick. Extinction Rebellion, so-called eco-crusaders turned criminals. I mean, that's actually kind of true. Whether you think the criminality is bad, she is, like, objectively right there. I mean, like the whole uh, point is that they break. I guess, I guess it's the if you're like a Tory and you think that the most important thing ever is law and order, which as you heard in the beginning of this episode, she does. Yeah, except I mean, it's very cool that she's like she's a structural functionalist. Like that's really like kind of out of style these days. Um, and this is a sociology major in me speaking, but it's like it's so cool how there's still people that are just like, oh yeah, like their understanding of the world is oh yeah, well everything is just there and if something is there that shouldn't be there, it'll just get integrated into the system. Yeah. And the system is just, it is yeah. what it is. So cool. All right. Lawyers. What does she think about lawyers, Declan? On the 3rd of September, 2020, she tweeted that the removal of migrants from the United Kingdom was being, quote, frustrated by activist lawyers. Okay. All right. All right. We're getting there. And finally, the nail in the coffin, the <clears> biggest <throat> jewel in the crown. France. In in August of 2020, Patel suggested that migrants were seeking to cross the English Channel to Britain because they believed that France was a, quote, racist country where they may be, quote, tortured. She's right. She's right. No, she is right. Like, she's like, incredibly right. Like, people, I remember when, um, when Macron was being elected, right, and everyone was losing their minds over Marine Le Pen. Like, losing their minds. It was like, oh, my God, she's, she's French Trump. No, she's worse. Like, they're just... Like, her right, her dad were, was, like, an actual Nazi. Right, but they were losing their minds over Le Pen, and Macron gets elected and does the same demonic immigration policies. Well, his immigration the, policies and, are and all the, right. It's and, his laïcité policies, which are it's, weird. Yeah, and the the, the the hijab bans that they're... Yeah, that was pre-Macron, but the fact that he hasn't rolled them back sort of speaks to yeah. a little bit. Now, I mean, some of the stuff he's done in regards to, like, secularism, like... I, I, I think it would be dishonest to say that France does not have an Islamic extremist problem, but the issue, like, the solution to that is not necessarily making it harder to be a Muslim in France. Because that's just going to increase Islamic extremism because you create a siege mentality. Mm -hmm. um, and, like, some of the stuff, like, banning homeschool is just objectively a good idea. We don't need any more nerds. That's why that like it's not like oh we need to stop extremism. It's like we don't need any sort of slightly weirdly adjusted kids. Yeah. Um. Anyways, that's not the course of this episode because I haven't done any research on that. Um. So, this is where uh I kind of respect her a little bit for being honest, right? In the Guardian, uh, an economics commentator named Aditya Chakraborty characterized. Patel as an out-and-out right-winger with no desire to claim the center ground in politics, right? It's sort of like how everyone is like, oh, well, I'm a, I'm appealing to the normal person, you know? No, I, she's not. And so I you kind of respect, on one side, people like Jeremy Corbyn, and on the other side, people like Freedy Patel, who don't even try and do that. They're just honest about what they think. No, 
they say look i believe in this if you don't like it fuck you yeah like these are my beliefs yeah. which is just kind of cool right um when you get people like sir Keir starmer who is just a total plonker and is like oh well we've got to be relatable to normal people never well, mind never like... mind the fact that the most successful labor leaders ever clement Attlee and harold wilson were like self-described socialists from the left of the party right. and the and cure right is he'll it's the same thing that the ndp does where if they decide they want to win elections they think they're going to do it by like electioneering or like election strategy where they'll be like oh well we'll we'll appeal to some of the tory voters on these issues such as military spending because they'll just vote for us if we say we'll just give the military more money because they're just obsessed with the military it's the same shit that the democrats do except the democrats aren't trying to make an honest effort yeah. to win um it's no i i, I think you're right like i think the way people win ac- elections is by being honest right like i mean yeah like you you're you're honest and you get voted yeah. for it's, like it's that's fucking simple let's look at 2016 two widely hated candidates two candidates who loved to lie now trump did lie more than clinton but she was perceived as a bigger snake by a greater per- percentage of the american population right because everyone saw through what they fucking did to bernie in 2016 and then in 2020 yeah. i mean the reason why there was decent turnout in, in 2020 it was obviously you know the people had seen what Trump was doing and they wanted him gone. I mean, that's yeah. not, you know, I don't think that's really debatable at this point, but 2016, it's like, well, who the fuck, like, who did they want to vote for? There wasn't a positive, there wasn't a positive reason to vote for Hillary. And there was, people didn't see a real negative to vote for yeah. Trump. Or even the people who did also saw a positive reason to vote for him in many cases. That's, that's yeah. true. Because, they, well, and for, you know, for a lot of them, it's because, they thought he was going to do the racist shit that they thought about doing. Like, it, I'm not trying to, he... I'm not right. But what I'm saying, I'm not trying to say, Oh, well, Trump voters only voted. They voted against Hillary. Like a lot of Trump voters voted for Trump and they voted for the things that he was saying yeah. he would do. Well, I think some like, of it I don't was racism, water that but down, also but some like... of it was like, Hey, he's actually going to do like working class, uh, economics yeah yeah you know he's he's gonna he's gonna do acceleration well not not necessarily that but like he's gonna drain the swamp he's gonna stop corruption he's gonna put yeah. money back in my pockets because i've been poor since i graduated high school right anyways so and then and then the republicans got their tax code and that's all they yeah. wanted so so here's really... here's where pretty is when she describes herself honestly she's a massive thatcherite she's a neoliberal good for her good for her that, that's a fuck at least it's an ideology at least she has like yeah it's something she believes unlike it she developed it in college and gets to you know what she developed an ideology in college and she now gets to represent that ideology in electoral politics is that not all of our dreams that's my dream she gets to successfully <laughs> represent that ideology. i mean she's home secretary that's like one of the most yeah. powerful positions in the entire united kingdom of great britain and northern ireland and all of her overseas possessions um so, uh, here's where we get to the issue of identity politics. And here's one of my favorite, I think one of the funniest things she's ever said, okay? Because Preeti Patel, remember, she is an ethnic minority. She's a person of color. Speaking on BBC Radio Kent in March 2018, Patel says that she found the commonly used abbreviation BME, or Black and Minority Ethnic, I think that's an outdated term, I'm not sure, um 
to be patronizing and insulting. This is because, being born in Britain, she considers herself to be British first and foremost. Yeah, I'm not an ethnic minority because I'm British, and we're all British, and so I'm in the majority. Funniest thing. Like, this is a woman who just completely ignores this aspect of her personality. She's like reverse it pull. Right. Just pure pure ideology pure hatred pure, for poor people we are going to we are going to open the markets poor people be damned the business owners are going to have it all that, that's that's what oh, she and believes. i hate immigrants and, too and she gets to spend every single day working with the prime minister of her country the head of state well head well, of government not okay head, head of government to achieve that goal <laughs> is the dsa doing that no is the ndp doing that no Nope, they're sitting around fucking posting. Nope, they're not doing that shit. Look, there's a reason why the right wing always wins, even though left wing ideas are more popular. It's because they actually work. Like, I hate to say it, this caricature of left wingers as lazy people who don't want to work, it's kind of true. It's not about getting a job. It's about actually trying to get your stuff done. Right. Like, the amount of recordings of, like, because this is something that people put on my timeline... The amount of recordings of DSA meetings I've seen where it's just the most inane bullshit. Point of like privilege. No... Point of privilege, please. Please don't hiss. Yeah. It's furry phobic. And, but <laughs> at some point you got to wonder, like, are, are they running? Are, are the FBI running counterintelligence no, it's on the DSA? Pro. Like... Which, you know what, I hope eventually, um, you know, if if we get another host, like another permanent host, and uh, it, they just turn out to be like FBI co-intelligence, well, like yeah. counterintelligence, yeah, or CSIS, fucking whatever, I, that means we've made yeah. it, yeah. honestly. Like, if there's some, if there's some massive feud that we have that's caused by a, yeah, third, be a like, like an extra us. host, exactly, that means we would have made it, and we would have completed the arc of socialism. Yeah. And that means I can then go and make my 20-minute video essay about why I left the left. And, Malcolm, you get to go and, and be, like, a Maoist or something. Oh, no. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be, the, like, the, I'm, I'm going to go and, and be the first successful British-style socialist in Canadian politics. I'm going to run on a platform yeah, of as... left-wing nationalism, but also internationalism, but also socialism, as, as our... but also military spending... But also working class politics, but also it's monarchism, but also, uh, uh, I don't know. It's going to be funny. Well, though. it's like, it's like, um, against my better judgment, I engaged with some, uh, like this fascist dude who commented on one of my TikToks and, uh, he said, no, dude, I'm not, a, I'm not, he commented two weeks later after like neither one of us had replied and just said, I'm actually not even a fascist. Now I'm a phalangist. <laughs> Isn't that just clerical fascism? Literally, he's like, "No, dude, I want, I want the church to do it all." I'm like, all right, dude, sick. Like, great. Just don't get caught shoplifting at the ideological supermarket. Yeah, happy for you, bro. Yeah, honestly, but yeah, like I, I, I would go and and do the yeah why I left the left video essay. I'd like, I'd start doing the thing that like Merrick and all those other like niche internet micro celebrities do, where they're like. Oh wow, sock damn Twitter is so much better than tanky Twitter. Like I would I would become a guy who posts about tanky Twitter. 
I'm going to do something incredibly <laughs> rash. What? I can't describe it on air. <laughs> Actionable threat. <laughs> so, um, she's in cabinet. She's home secretary. Uh, so she's she's doing what we all wish she's we doing could, what we all wish we could. Having, um, which is being able to have her ideology be represented. Yeah. So she actually started out in cabinet early on, and then she got kicked out of it. Um, which you know, pretty funny. So why did she get kicked out of cabinet? Well, at first, she became the secretary of state for international development. Uh, said some things about Ireland, which we will talk about in a minute. But on the 3rd of November of 2017, the BBC's diplomatic correspondent, James Landill, broke the news that Ms. Patel had held secret meetings with Israel in August without telling the Foreign Office. She was accompanied by, uh, Lord Polak. <laughs> I don't mean that as a racial slur against Polish people. I mean that's his actual name, Lord Polak. P O L A K. Yeah, that that's also I think been banned in this. It, continuing the Scrabble not. riff, I'm pretty sure. I hope I can use I'm that I'm pretty one sure Polak was. Hold on. Um, so she was accompanied by Lord Polak, an honorary president of Conservative Friends of Israel. Oh, which by the way, good news. Okay, wait. Human wait, Rights wait, wait. Watch has declared Israel a apartheid state. Anyway, speaking of. So the meetings, up to a dozen in number, took place while Patel was on a quote-unquote private holiday. She met Yer Lapid, uh, the leader of Israel's centrist Yesh Al-Tid party, and reportedly made visits to discuss several organizations where official departmental business was discussed. She was forced to resign for that one. Um, but she makes it back. She spends some time as a backbencher. She makes it back. In December of 2018, uh, during the UK's Brexit negotiations, this one's really funny. This is speaking of anti-Irish racism. Um, uh, a government report was leaked, and it, it said that food supplies and the economy in the Republic of Ireland would be adversely affected in the event of a no-deal Brexit, uh, which is what we got. Following the report, Patel said that this paper appears to show the government uh, were well aware Ireland would face significant issues in a no-deal scenario, why hasn't this point been pressed home during negotiations? Some sections of the media reported her comments as a suggestion that Britain should exploit Ireland's fear of damage to its economy and food shortages to advance its position within the EU. God, I hate journalists. She was criticized for insensitivity by several other MPs and the light in Britain's part in Ireland's great famine in the 19th century in which a million people died. Why didn't they just fish, first of all? Second of all, that's a joke, that's a joke, that's ironic. Second of all, that's the whole point of negotiations, right? Hey, if there's no deal, I don't want to sound like I'm defending Pretty Patel because I feel like we've been hyping her up. Okay, okay, I got an update. Pollack has in fact been banned no. in Scrabble. I, I have the list in front of me. It I had to go to a, a Reddit archived post and pull up a PDF, but Pollack is in fact banned in Scrabble. Too bad. Again, yet another... Amazing guy to make up. Guy who is really, really against anti-Polish racism. Well, the really, really anti-Polish racist uh, is the seventh prime minister of Israel. I'll tell you about him later. He was funny. He was a member in his youth of a Jewish national socialist organization called Lehi. 
We might do an episode about them. They're kind of funny. Mr. Leahy? <laughs> um, so, look, I know we've been kind of hyping up pretty, and it's all been ironic or whatever. Semi-ironic. Yeah, this, like, we're not... We don't, we don't think she's a good person. Just but here's clear. a legitimate like, defense of her, okay? You're in negotiations. And you say, if these negotiations fall through, we won't be happy about it, and you're going to be adversely affected. So let's get a deal. That's not making fun of the Irish potato famine. Um... Yeah, she was so she was criticized for insensitivity, but that's just stupid. And then her most her her latest scandal, um, well, it's a pretty funny one. Uh, a cabinet office inquiry found evidence that Patel had breached the ministerial code following allegations of bullying. Oh, it's like the governor general, right? Following allegations of bullying in the three government departments in which she had served. On the 20th of November 2020, Alex Allen announced that he had resigned as the Prime Minister's Chief Advisor on the Ministerial Code after Prime Minister Johnson rejected the findings of the inquiry and stated that he had full confidence in Patel. In March of 2021, the British government and uh, this guy she was bullying, allegedly, reached a settlement in which he re uh, received payment of £340,000 with a further £30,000 in costs. This arrangement meant Patel can no longer be called to give evidence before a public tribunal, which was due to be held in September of 2021. So, uh, she cost the British taxpayer £370,000 for being Because mean. she was bullying someone. That, I love A1. it. A1. And then, one final thing, right? Because we need a cherry on top of this entire, entire thing. Because this lady is just so funny, right? And this is probably my favorite pretty patel story so you know the united states of america declan i think so and yeah. you know how they had that president a little bit ago um right was he the he was the what he was orange was he? he was like orange or something right yeah and um, you know so yeah what, what was he what was he known for well he wanted to build a wall on the border right with the the northern or the because the u.s i think i remember is like it's in the middle right yeah the on countries. the southern border right okay and so what do you know about great britain uh, geographically do you know what type of place it is isn't it like a couple it's like it's an, most of it is an island yeah right so they have one land border with ireland but that is uh according to an international agreement supposed to remain open and apart from that, they don't have any other land borders except for with Spain, but that doesn't really count. Right. So if they wanted to build a border wall, which they wouldn't be allowed to do with Ireland because of an international agreement, and they wouldn't be allowed to do with Spain because of an international agreement, well, they wouldn't be able to. Except, right. if you're like a but, weird, but, but I, I swear, I swear, Pretty Patel had some. She plan did to build because a wall. if you're I mean, a weird what, what reactionary. You like Trump. And by the way, she refused to condemn Trump after January 6th, after everyone else did. You gotta build a wall, right? It's, it's just become part of the branding. And so Preeti Patel w tried to build a wall. On the 2nd of October 2020, it was reported by um, the Financial Times that the Home Office, under her purview, had approached this group called Maritime UK 
to explore the idea of building a wall in the English Channel to stop migrants oh from coming over from France. <laughs> she she rocks. Except she just called it a border fence. Right, but I'm just imagining... Or like a, mar- like, a, a, a maritime fence, she said. Like, you know how um, there's like a bunch of people who like, like will like challenge to swim across the English Channel? Imagine you just come across a Can wall. Can you just imagine like... Well, yeah, you just, like, no one decides to tell you about the English Channel fence or, like, when it was put up. And so you're in the middle of that attempt, and there's just a fence in front of you. It's like a big floating fence how, that you have to swim how, under. Like, you, you, train, you train for years to get this, to get this, like, to get your record. Like, you're in the middle of a perfectly timed run. And then, yeah, you just hit a fence. Yeah. I'd be so fucking mad if I was that, if I was that swimmer. Yeah, they also, um talked about use of like big water cannons to make all the waves go away from from britain to push boats i'm back just picturing yeah i'm just picturing like you know you ever been to a water park yeah you know they have those big wave machines yeah. i'm just picturing like a huge one of those like all along the, the south the southern british coast underneath just, the, like, the beautiful making white massive, over. making massive waves to make so that the immigrants can't i mean that is probably the most british thing ever yeah an incredibly like ostentatious um, amount of like an, an ostentatious purchase on the yeah on the cliffs of Dover to make it harder for immigrants to come to Britain. I mean that is the most British thing in it's history. It's so British. I love the country, but that's the most British thing. Yeah. Um, and so I mean they were asked about these things, and our spokeswoman says that the department doesn't comment on leaks, right? But. I think that's really funny. I think that's really cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, it's it was like a weird like I swear there was some Canadian build a wall thing. Oh, but we should. But I I agree with that. It's just well, like a fence at least. It was just like a no, but I I'm, I'm saying it was just like a really I don't I don't know if it was Canada, but there was like a weird period of time where it was like every weird reactionary kind of latched onto the build the wall yeah. thing. Because it was like a fun slogan, yeah. and I think we need to like bring that back. You know, well, I actually, unironically, uh, to a certain extent, believe in building a border wall, because smuggling uh, like drugs and guns from America into Canada is a big problem. That's for another episode. I think we're about out of content for today. Yeah, I mean, sadly, uh, with Pretty Patel, there's still much to come. So. Yeah. I don't know if I dread it or I look forward to it, but there's there's way more. Either way, look, either way, it's content. There you go. We will, yeah, this we're, will not be the last time you hear about Preeti Patel. We're the wonks. We're the wonks sitting around talking about it, so it's fun for us. Probably not so fun if you're actually a British yeah. citizen. Or like 20% of you are. By the way, out of the 20% British, we are sorry. <laughs> yeah, that, that sucks for you mm. guys. I mean, you don't even, like... I think labor probably is a better hope of being properly left wing in the next like ten ish years than the NDP does. Yeah. Well, I think like depends on how depends on how the NDP liberal coalition works out. Yeah. I think um. Like you're born in Britain, you're like, wow, it's great. I live in the second greatest country on earth, and then, like, just everything just like goes down the shitter. Like the more. Like yeah. you, you live in probably one of the most naturally advantageous places, but it's just been so mismanaged for the last seventy years, with a few exceptions, Sir Clement Attlee and Harold Wilson. 
uh, that there's nothing. You just have nothing. You know, a third of the population's poor and poverty. You're you're the you're the Tony Soprano of Great Britain. You're showing up right after the fun ends. The greatest, yeah, the greatest like uh, cultural achievement is uh, either grime beef between Wiley and Stormzy. Or uh, the Sidemen's latest GTA Challenges video. Are you dumb? Are you getting rude to man? Blah! Oh my god. Who's NZ coming to now, fam? I just I, I just think, think they're so to funny. Do that. I love Britain. I don't think you're allowed to say that, Malcolm. I don't think you're allowed. <laughs> Why? It's like the who's, who's put shit through my letterbox guy. <laughs> Alright. Um... I think unless there's any No, nah, I got nothing uh, else. Any any projects we want to plug? Nope. Um Tell your friends. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's been your Juno for the week. Here's here's your slob, folks. Yeah. It's uh doing a nice little profile. I mean, we're practically doing journalism. At we this are point. investigative journalism of sort of Googling Pre yeah. Patel going to the news section and scrolling. Yep. But uh I guess until next time, I've been I'm Malcolm. Thank you so much for listening.